with it. Into the last corner of the race, Hypo goes to the inside line, and they make contact, and they're both off, and that's an accident. What the fuck? Okay, well, that's the Formula E season wrapped up now. A massive, massive final weekend. Uh, my name's Josh. I'm Brenton. And uh, we're just going to talk you through that and see what uh, you thought of Formula E and what the next season's going to hold. Yeah, we gave it a bit of a, a bit of a promotion, being we're fans of Formula One, and we think there's a bit of cross cross relevance there. Uh, people aren't really exposed to it, so we thought they might be interested to it, and we weren't disappointed by the final round. Oh, there's no way watching the the final round or the final double header, you yeah. could not come away disappointed. It was up to the last corner, and. Yep. I can't remember an F1 season that was that tight, except for Hamilton's first uh, World Championship win. Yeah, pretty Timo much. Timo Glock pulled out in the last corner to let him by, and yeah. Massa's team were celebrating. Yep. But, um, oh, look, it, it really had everything, and it was all set up on that Saturday. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the track for a bit, because the the actual um, footprint of the track looked pretty good. Yeah. But uh, when you saw them driving <laughs> yeah. on it, mother, f- that thing was choppy as hell. As soon as you first saw that like just any picture of the on track shot and you're looking at what the fuck is they in the paddock or what is this shit I don't know how the drivers did that with spinal problems because the yeah. the bumps were just crazy yeah and obviously they're race cars so they're not exactly running soft suspension yeah so yeah you see them driving along and they're getting just about airborne even with the amount of downforce they've got yeah it's almost like getting dragged behind a car through a bumpy yeah. road or something but I mean it looks like they were holding the race in the bike lane or something and I was thinking, if you're going to hold in a bike lane, at least sprinkle some cyclists around or something. You know, make it interesting for the crowd. <laughs> Give them a couple of championship points for each one they hit. Crowd love it. More exciting race. Uh, next year, they have to widen it. Th- that track was not up to standard. Yeah. Um, and it almost took away from the spectacle. Well, I think it did in the f- in the point that you couldn't have a, a proper start. You had to start yeah. by the safety car, which, I mean, on a track like that, where it was always going to be hard to overtake, you really limit the ability to have you know a bit of a spectacle if you can't have cars fight into the first corner. Yeah, and the factor as well is that all the overhanging tree branches. During this season, you've got branches falling, yeah. um, leaves falling, clogging up their vents. Um, not really what you want to see. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. It was lessened in this because the races are so short and also because they switch cars. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't as big of an event it would have been had it been F1 racing or something. Yeah, I mean... But it's still less than ideal. You want to see the cars, you know, really ramping out laps and they can't do it if they overheat because yeah. heat is the killer for these cars. Yep. Um, yeah, but we'll have a bit of a chat about uh, quali first. Yeah. Like they've done all year, they put the uh, qualifiers' names into a hat and draw them out in groups. Uh, just because the tracks are often so small and tight that you really you'd be flat out trying to get a decent flying lap on with 20 cars on the, yeah, on the track yeah it'd be impossible trying to get a flyer um, with that many people on track because you're not all mm. going to be doing it once you just have utter confusion yeah and this year that they've had sort of a, a gentleman's agreement that there's be there'd be two warm up laps yeah where they get heat into the brakes and the tyres yeah. and they do a flying lap after that uh, obviously without um liquid fuel loads the weight doesn't make a difference yeah it's just yeah. the the heat of the engine yeah and or the heat of the power unit should say yeah. and the heat of the brakes and tires yeah because obviously you want the brakes and tires to be hot and the power unit to be cool yeah exactly and no tire warmers in this category either so yeah no. coming out on stone cold tires yeah which actually i quite like just because there's so many things that they do in f1 that are about those little edges and yeah. that's fine um 
you know, you, you cannot fault F1 for using tyre warmers, for using, you know, 14 people in a pit crew, all yeah. that sort of stuff. They're about every fraction of a tenth. Yeah. But to test a driver, for them to change cars and get into a new car with cold tyres, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really separates things. Uh, it probably cost winning with the championship, but... Um, We'll get into that a bit later. Yeah. Well, the other thing is they actually do that in GP2 as well. So I think a lot of the drivers that came out of GP2 uh, might be at a bit of an advantage with that uh, as opposed to ones that came from Formula 1. Yeah. Uh, They would have more experience, uh, especially pit stopping and coming out on another cold set of tyres. So I think maybe that's where Sam Bird and those people sort of had their little edge. But yeah, we'll go into that. Yeah. Well, it's also about saving money because in the first season of uh, a formula, if you said, all right, guys, we're going to do an electric formula. Sweet. No ways we're in. All right. It's going to be a hundred million a year. No one's going to join. But if you're like, well, you can get global exposure for 10 million. All of a sudden, not only do you have people there, you got people on the waiting list to jump in. We're going to have double the amount of manufacturers next year. Yep. Amazing. Um, Yeah. But we're going to qualifying. Um, for a start, being a really tight circuit, it made things really quite exciting. Yeah. Um, with the high lateral loads and a lot of 90-degree corners, you did see a lot of drivers get pretty sideways. Yeah, and especially with bumps leading into corners and mm. braking zones, it uh, made it very difficult. Um, yeah, plenty of people had a lot of their talent tested around the track, which was good to see. Oh, there was some unbelievable moves too. But um, especially seeing... The, the top three guys were all pushing hard. Yeah. And they were missing the barriers by millimetres. Yeah. And, and even some of them, it seemed like not actually missing the barrier was the fastest way, but just touching it. So you get bits of paint flying off. A little bounce. Yeah, a little bounce. You get a little tuft of smoke from a little bit of contact. Uh, yeah. It seemed to, yeah. I mean, watching that, Degrassi was drifting beautifully around that final corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Four-wheel inertial drift, just looking fantastic. Yeah. And I think, was it Chantok was the same? Yeah, he... he cleaned up one corner too <laughs> yeah but he, he got right next to it for two laps and then third lap nah, just too much but if you're a fan of cars in general and you see that yeah. you're thinking geez it looks pretty sweet yeah yeah. I, I was I was like wow that's pretty good what Chandok holy shit yeah and you know people say it's a bit like go-karting yeah it is yeah. I like go-karting me too it's <laughs> like go-karting and I don't know RC and dodging cars or something put together yeah um, except much greater speeds yeah but um, yeah, it's just there's lucky that the drivers were of a level that the bumps didn't kill someone. But yeah. uh, we saw much fewer uh, issues about that than I thought, especially yeah. considering the revolving door they've had for drivers this year. Yeah. Um, and people like uh, Simona Di Silvestro, it's the first time in an FE car, yeah, or in in race spec. Yeah. Um, she's done testing before, uh, and then you've got uh, Lima as well. That was his first crack. Uh, a few other blokes hadn't really seen a lot of the season. Yeah. So, considering there were very few crash outs, I thought it was really good. Yeah, so did I. I thought it was a bit weird they named Turn 1 after a penis piercing, but, you know, <laughs> Prince Albert Corner, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, they had Virgin Corner as well, so there you go. Are they opposite ends? Or? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting to watch. Also, um, interesting the tactics that we used, because some of them, I remember, uh, I think it was... Limer again he was going for his flying lap yep. fucked it um, and then ended up in runoff area but yeah. rather than either put in reverse and go along or yeah. decide to keep going in the runoff area he just sort of hung out there for a little bit waited yep. until the yellows came out and realised the guys behind him are fucked he yeah. just fucked their lap yep. um, I think he fucked Sarazen's lap on that one. yeah um, Sarazen got 
kept uh, backed up. He was he got caught in the yellow in that corner where he had to lift off. Yeah, that ruined his flyer. Mind you, he was locking up all over the shop. Um, yeah, he was just a little bit too heavy on the brakes, but. You know, he had a good weekend apart from that, so I don't think he'll complain too much. Yeah, and Jeff went for it in qualifying. He gave it his all. Yeah, um, it's kind of sad to see um, Jeff there, but uh, he knows Buemi very well. Yeah. But it would suck so bad for him to see Buemi doing so well, just because Buemi took his seat, essentially. Yeah. Um, You know, back in, I think it was 2012, they had um, Ricardo and Jeff. They replaced Buemi and Aljaswari. Yeah. And Buemi and Aljaswari are both there now, and so is Jeb. So maybe three of them are sitting around talking about how much of a prick Ricardo is. I don't know. Well, even better to that was the remember that's when Vettel signed on for Ferrari as well, and they're like, shit, we've got to spot the Red Bull team. And then Jeb was like, is it mine? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Gave yeah. it to Daniel. Kvyat. Yeah. You know, he's been no Kvyat, oh, I guess, in yeah, a dog of a car. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you know, in the race, um, one other funny thing I found when they're doing the the pit walk yep uh, on the or the grid walk sorry yeah how many fucking people can they fit on that thing I reckon you can't see the cars uh, there's Butch is brilliant for Formula E because you've got that much media interest yeah but it the, looks like you line up for Glastonbury or something trying to get in yeah I think for race too Fergie was on the bloody thing not not Fergie from Black Eyed Peas Prince former Duchess of York or whatever it is Fergie yeah I thought they forgot to clean a crackhead out of the park before they started <laughs> the race or something like, how the hell did she get a microphone oh, Fergie shit I don't know. Maybe she's just, well. I guess she's been out of the limelight globally since yeah. the toe sucking incident. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's a rich cracker. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, the thing was they're interviewing PK, and he doesn't sound Brazilian at all. No, he spent a lot of his time growing up in the south of the US. I think. Mm. Well, I mean, my dad's a two-time world champion. You're probably not going back to wherever your place was in Brazil. But I tell you what, he he was trying to claim every Brazilian possible uh, yeah. as fans especially yeah. Bruno Senna yeah I think I think Bruno Senna might have uh, probably a lot of free dinners uh, this coming year mm-hmm. anyway uh, the race one the fan boost for this one went to PK um, Yamamoto and Turvey and I think you said this when we were watching the race that because we were like Turvey why Turvey it's British but Sam Bird's in a chance of winning the title why wouldn't they back him yeah, um, I don't think it's an accident that two of the guys that got the fan boosts uh, drive for Team China Racing. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying something dodgy happened, but if there's a region um, better at controlling a whole shitload of zombie computers, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite aware of it. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to see the IPs of the people that voted, because I reckon yeah. they would be quite sequential. Probably coming out of North Korea or something, somewhere on mm. the North Korea-Chinese border. <laughs> But, you know, if if I was a team principal and I had access to 10 million people's uh, yeah. internet providers, I'd probably do the same thing. In Formula One, they call this a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> Opportunity. Yeah. But um, they call it smart management. That's what they say. you got I, a race, son. I like the idea of getting a boost. I just don't like the idea of uh, popularity yeah. being an advantage on race day. Yeah. Um, Look, you know, if you're a popular dude, you're going to sell shitloads of merchandise anyway, and that money's going to convert into something else. Yeah, I think it's to have allowing the fans. Like, I like the idea of fan attraction, but I think that's allowing to have too much an influence over the results. Like, yeah. if they're going to stick to the four stage qualifying, which it looks like they've got to, and I mean, we found the problems with that were with changing weather conditions. But mm. the thing is, it's not that. It's only a, a marginally different than in F1 where you get caught out in the wrong tires because weather changed or something. That ruins your yeah. chance of getting that. It's just a, a bit elongated, but. um yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> well, I think 
there's got to be a better use of fan interaction. Yeah. Um, rather than influencing the outcome so heavily. Because, you know, you can be a brilliant driver that no one's heard of. Yeah. And some dude behind you gets an extra 30 kilowatts of power and he's yeah. going to blow right by it. Well, that's what I was going to say. I reckon you should let the fans choose um, who goes in what pack for the qualifying or something like that. Maybe that's just a bit better way. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought... I mean, know, to maybe, be honest, I'd say just fuck it off to fall together. But if you want to do yeah. something, then, you know, maybe you can do that. Or maybe, you know, you have one race a year where the fans decide the order of the grid. Yeah, or, you know, um, you know the fans in charge of the car changeover. You know, <laughs> get him and strap you in. <laughs> It'll see how much you love your fans now. Actually, I, I think it would be fun if they had sort of a fan influence grid. Because yeah. uh, have like a, a fan appreciation weekend. Yeah. Uh, probably have half points because you yeah. don't want to get too silly. And then get, get, instead of having the pretty average women holding those signs, just get one of the fans in there. Doesn't matter if they're a guy, girl, whatever. Yeah, the problem is if they do expand to Australia, they could end up nicking the car or some shit. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, but you don't have to go out to Frankston and pick it up again. You'll be right. Yeah, the problem is it's already been sold to seven different people. <laughs> they won't know how to start it. <laughs> Where's the car we make? With big button month start. Um, but anyway, in the race... Um, the fan boost to overtake was quite tricky. Some of the guys used theirs fairly early, which I thought yeah. was... Um, in one way, you can see the logic of it, because the cars are all packed up. You might get a yeah. double for your money. Yeah. But secondly, it's a fucking tight track, and to try and do that is yeah. pretty arrogant. So I think they're looking at outright time-saving as opposed to advantages of taking, overtaking and things like that. Mm. I think also, uh, because the fan boost is a separate uh, energy, yeah. you're essentially getting a free quarter of a lap. Yeah, and yeah. for guys like PK who want to eke out every quarter of lap they can, yeah. to try and get an extra one, it was really handy. Yeah. Um, actually, the funny thing I was we're talking about stealing cars. Did you see the onboard shots of Buemi? Looks like a medic just jumped in one of the cars and has taken off because he's got the inverted colours of the red cross on top of his helmet. So it's like one of the medics from the um, track. Just yep, got a car. Where we go, we'll give it a go. Yeah, I, I did see to PK on Degrassi. He used the fan boost to overtake, crowded him right into the fucking corner, and then tried to cut him off. Yeah, um, it was just lucky they didn't end up in the bloody wall permanently. Yeah, um, Degrassi actually turned into him to sort of shunt him out of the way in a very go kart style fashion. Yeah, well, it was um, kind of a reaction to him trying to take that corner way earlier than he had any right to. Yeah, but had he turned into the corner, uh, they would have both smashed out by yeah. pushing him out of the way. He actually made sure they could both go through. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Jeff got through uh, in that moment, though. They both slowed yeah. down and I think it was Jeff the managed to get through. following corner, Jeff managed to... He said the better drive out of the corner, obviously. Yeah. Uh, got him on the next one, I think. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. I think that was about lap three, so it was really early on. Yeah, because they started um, on a safety car, wasn't it? So that was really probably one of the first or second laps in anger. It was anger. first lap in anger, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then soon after that, Jeff was flying up the field. Um, yeah. He set up Degrassi beautifully, took yeah. the outside. He was clearly fast on him as well. Yeah, and then next on the inside, and just it was one of those beautiful moves that you can only do in a Formula E car just because yeah. of the instant torque. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, there's uh, no turbo boost, there's no yeah. waiting for the engine to rev up, it's just bang on yeah. it. And with this track, with the layout and the crap service conditions, it was kind of similar to Monaco, where your true racing lines weren't always the best way because you got bumps mm-hmm. to consider, and what that made was overtaking harder. And I found Jeb just found a nice little spot where there wasn't too many bumps and he could throw it up there and get a real clean cut pass instead of having to bully his way through like most of the other overtakes were. Yeah. A little bit later on too, we saw uh, Dewey, which I didn't know much about this fella, but um, he got the fan boost, so good on him. He, he took Abd in a really nice move. Yep. Um, again, the instant talk helped him so much. 
just uh, took a wide line into the corner. Yeah. And was able to get underneath Abt and just that instant drive, bang, he's got, uh, he's ahead of him. Yeah. And the funny thing was you see Lima had to pit on like lap, I think it was like 14 or something like that. Yeah. Out of energy. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? I think he's left his iPhone on charge or something. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> While he's waiting for it. Yeah. But with that move, you, in F1, you often see the overtakes are diving on the inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't see them very often going heavy on the outside because it's too easy to sit on the apex and block. Yeah. But with this move, you just saw going wide on the outside is fine. Yeah. If you can come in underneath because you get that uh, instant surge of power. Yeah. And I, I don't know why more drivers aren't doing that move. Yeah. And you see, like, he set him up really well for that move as well. Mm. He faked the opposite way for, uh, I think it was a lap before. And you can see that, obviously, he's thinking that's what he's going to do again. And like you mm. said, by doing that, he sets himself up to have that better cornering um, line going through there and get that better traction on the exit. And do a really smart overtake, I think. That's really sort of a, a good way to set up overtaking on a yeah, track I mean, where you can't. Um, modern theory on racing is generally slow in, fast out. So yeah. you slow right down, take the corner, hit the apex, and then you speed up out. Yeah. But with Formula E, fast out is a given. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you don't need to worry about getting on early and letting the engine spool you just can get on the power when you need it. Yep. So I think we're going to see a lot more specialization in Formula yeah. E because yep. driving that would be a lot different to driving Formula 1. Just yep. the, the drivers who drive Formula 1 are just so skilled they can adapt. Yeah. Um, it would be beautiful to see some of the top flight F1 guys have a crack at it. Yeah. But um, yeah. even the... Well, you call them second string F1 guys. You know, Buemi, Ambrosio, Degrassi, yeah. PK, Verne, all those guys. The ones who don't have the cash to stay in there, more or less. Well, except for Senna. He didn't have the... Uh, talent to go with the name but uh, I think we're going to see a lot more aggression next year yeah I do too yeah a lot more Um, confidence in the cars yeah because this year they sort of they were still trying to figure out how the cars handled a lot yeah and they're used to driving in a certain way yeah and I dare say for pretty much everyone it's the first time they've driven an all electric car yeah and it'd have to have I mean uh, when you're used to racing obviously different engine formula your entire life there'd have Mm. to be uh change in your automatically automatic responses to mm. how that car reacts because it had to be like significantly different with obviously how your power is delivered and those little uh, in the moment reactions would I'm sure have to be tweaked yeah I think that's going to be the difference between people who are in Formula E to try and get into or back into F1 yeah and people who are in Formula E to be the Formula E champion for a period of time yeah actually um, on that race speaking about the young drivers mm-hmm. uh, it was Apt and Duran were the only only two cars I saw actually go side by side through the chicane and cleanly yeah, without actually hitting each other. That was pretty slick. So I thought, yeah, it was just a little point point there for the youngers. Yeah, Apt has done himself no harm at all this season. Yeah. But, you know, he's probably pretty safe for next yeah. year, you'd say. But, uh, right, and actually another one, Sam Bird, I think he actually yeah, was in the pit stops for five seconds too long. So. Actually, Sam Bird was incredibly impressive this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, phenomenal <laughs> drive. Yeah, plenty of support there too. You ever seen the ladies in there? I'm a Sam Bird <laughs> shirt. Yeah, some of them looked like uh, he might have to have a few... Pims Wild and turkeys. lemonade before he uh, has a crack. But hey, they're out there. They've bought their merchandise from yeah. home. They get behind it. Get on, get on them. You probably would have wished he, they'd bought it at the track because then you get a percentage. But uh, yeah, or maybe they were just cast off for Stappen fans. They're like, shit, doesn't like chicks. <laughs> Fuck. Well, Sam Bird. Yeah, right. Or they or someone's tapped on the shoulder. Do you know he's seventeen? and that's yeah. pedophilia. Yeah, I'm guessing for Stappen's never had a double blowjob. Yet, he's well, still got time. Yeah, well, he's can that because yeah, he said he doesn't like women. Can't teach me about F1, so tell them. That's going to come back and bite you in the ass, surely, I comment. Oh, that or Rosberg will. <laughs> He's like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then following that um, um, good 
lap by Apti crashed. Yeah. So did some really good work and then went, well, that's my job done. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Sam Burb too, he didn't get a fan boost in the first race, which was disappointing because he was doing some brilliant moves. Yeah, and in with a chance of winning the championship at a home race. Mm. And yeah. also, he was very economical. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a big part of this is being able to save power yeah. while still uh, keeping a good race time. And he was yeah. doing perfect lift and coast, just able to let the aero drag him down and slow him into the corners and then come out smoothly with no yeah. tyre spin. Um, he was a lap ahead of just about everyone in terms of uh, power use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's hard with a long lap like that to get advantages out of that, just extending the battery life. Um, yeah, so the safety car come out. It was a lap 18. That was after the ab crash, and I think Yamamoto's car stopped in the pit exit, I believe it was, um, which led to both their retirements, obviously. Um, so, yeah, that was their first safety car for the weekend, which, you know, they came around, they went, they went back in, went back to racing. Um, On that, it is a... I actually really like the Beamer safety Yeah, car. it looks sweet, doesn't it? It does look pretty good. I, you know, they've kept with all their tricks, so it makes sense for BMW to get involved. Yeah. Um, I just I, I just like it. Yeah. It's something to be said for the F1 uh, Mercedes coming out with that big throaty roar, and it, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful looking car. Yeah. But this just looks like the future, and yeah. it matches perfectly with Formula E. Yeah, and that's the thing with like Mercedes coming out with that big throaty roar in their, um, their going SLS, whatever they're doing in F1. It still doesn't compare to an F1 engine, so yeah, it's always kind of like, you know, putting it to shame. Yeah. Well, in the closing stage of this race too, uh, Buemi from pole, so he's already got points, yeah. uh, managed to do a, a pole to flag win, which is yeah. brilliant. Uh, he picked up the fastest lap on the way, but in the last few laps, Degrassi nicked it off him. Yeah, he did. Um, which is shattering for Buemi because... You know, he missed out by the narrow, narrow yeah. margins. But and Degrassi had also his brake tested Nelson Piquet a lap before as well. I yeah. think um, so <laughs> it gave him a right scare. Um, Nelson got bullied around because everyone knows that it's his to lose, so mm. they've got the advantage. And the thing is, your cards are on the table. You, you can't pretend that you're going to be willing to crash out. Yeah, I, I, I am not a Nelson Piquet fan, but he drove a professional race. Oh, drove all brilliant, weekend. Brilliant weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, he definitely deserved it. He knew he didn't have to win. Yep. Um, he drove professionally within his limits and just made sure he did enough yep um you can't fault him on that like, it would have been fantastic to see him go nah I want to win by 20 points and just yeah. try to smash out a double win with fast slaps and poles yeah but he knew he was driving for the championship not for a weekend win yep and fair enough he, he got the job done yep so was our results for the end of the um first race we've got yep. Buemi Ambrosio and Jev Jev uh, I thought Jev was driver of the day um, yeah, he did. He came back from um, what was his qualifying spot? Put it in down here somewhere. Jeb qualified fifth. Fifth, yeah. Went from fifth to second, um, but uh, fifth to third, sorry. But he had some gorgeous passes on track. Yeah, and he yeah. was just consistent. He was always pushing, always threatening. Yeah, and he, he, drove, he actually drove really well in qualifying as well. I thought. Mm. And this is also a bloke who missed the first two rounds and only got his gig because the driver before him tested yeah. positive cocaine. Which makes you think there's probably a few drivers that were pretty nervous after that happened. Yeah, I reckon. Because, um, you know, I don't know for a fact, but uh, the records of highly paid young sportsmen and cocaine use are fairly substantial. Okay. There's there's a fair bit of um, circumstantial and hearsay evidence to support the fact that there's a lot of crossover there. Yes, and I mean, at least he didn't crash his car and break a pregnant woman's arm. You know, that's always good. <laughs> does does help. 
um, yeah. you know, avoiding that sort of shit. So he lived to fight another day. Also, Jev probably had Crow of the Weekend during qualifying as well, which I'm pretty sure might have been played at the intro to this podcast. What the fuck? Are the- <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're his engineer saying P2, P2, and you hear Jev's uh, yeah. disappointment, shall we say. Yeah, let's just say, um, probably learn a few words from Kimi Raikkonen, I reckon, <laughs> being around the F1, F1 circuit. And he was pretty unimpressed, you'd have to say. And normally they um, try and avoid language going to air. Yeah. But I reckon that actually made an excellent little soundbite. Bloody oath, I mean, we're going to get plenty of miles out of that. and We'll keep talking about it for a while. I think Jeff might make a few appearances in the upcoming season. Oh, it should be interesting. But yeah, anyway, so that was round one. Um, at the end of the round, it was quite interesting to see how tight everything was. Because... Um, we still had uh, Buemi, Degrassi, and PK all in the mix. Yep. And it just looked so fucking interesting. And also, after this race, um, EDM's Renault wrapped up the Constructors' Championship. Mm. So, yep. so inaugural Formula yeah. E winners. First silverware handed out in Formula E went to the EDM's Renault crew. Yep. And uh, they've also announced they're going to be Constructors next year. So they're going to uh, be a full um, yep. Constructor. Everyone still has the uh, Delara and Spark standard, standard standards. package. But uh, they're able to make a lot of their own drivetrain. Yeah, and another interesting um, fact here: Bernie actually won the most races of the season, mm. which I find interesting because I think there is some merit. Remember, ages ago, Bernie came out and said that he was more in favour of medals, and that if you if you win the most races, then you're the drivers' champion. Which I mean, there's some merit to that, but that's about finding the the fastest driver uh, who's on the track. Whereas a lot of times, a lot of very great drivers might not have got championships with that sort of point structure. So I think it, there's some debate to be had there because I think there's merits on on both different systems. I actually kind of lean towards whoever wins the most races, but it doesn't doesn't actually come to an exciting championship conclusion, if it's that way. Mm, yeah. I I think there are a lot of things that could have been done. I mean, it was it was a brilliantly um, scripted race, if anything, just yeah. because it all came down to the last corner and everything like that. But uh, even so, three wins versus a very consistent point scoring two for PK. Yep. You really can't fault someone for being um, consistent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and with with the Dams winning the title, they get a little bit of injury with Alarm Prost at the end, saying they can't celebrate tonight because Buemi's still in with a shot for the Sunday race and the World Drivers' Championship. So it was still all hands on deck and mm. they weren't celebrating anything. They just put that one on the back burner and waited to see what happens on Sunday. And he did himself no harm. And he, he took uh, 28 points, so he yep. got the, the pole and the... Um, yep full 25 just getting pipped for the fastest lap had he pulled a full 30 he would have been a driver's champion yeah but uh, you know there was plenty of opportunity for Boemi to do it and unfortunately he just fell a little short yep and cost me money in the process yeah which led into round 11 last round which was the Sunday in London Um, bit different with qualifying this time it was a bit damp in the morning but the rain didn't really come until the third pack came out so the first pack got the best of the weather and it was evident in all the top 10 were from the first two packs and the bottom 10 were from the third and fourth packs. Yeah, I, I saw qualifying and thought the same thing. Drivers were really trying to find that clean line. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, even if it was off the racing line, if the yeah. trees sheltered the road enough that you got a dry patch, yeah. uh, it was really good to take. Yeah. Um, and looking at it, in the end, you've got PK down in 16th. Yeah. And uh, Buemi sitting down. Buemi was in 6th. Yeah. That's where he was. Sixteen to yeah. six. So, right away, you've got to have money on Buemi. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't bet on PK scoring points. Yeah, PK was in the the third pack that came out, and um, the thing is, it actually the 
um, third or second slowest in his pack. So he didn't even qualify the best with their pack. However, he did uh, make a tough time with that wet circuit. He had full drifts going just about all the way around the track. I think a bit of his global rallycross experience really paid dividends in this race, being able to hang on to a car that's just, you know, trying to buck you off. Well, and I think his group got red flagged too because of Yamamoto. They um, did too, yeah. Having a bit of a disagreement with yeah. the wall. Yeah, well, I mean, he cra- he crashed into the wall um, straight out of the pits on cold tyres in the rain. It's it's pretty hard to well, drive that car safely around a track at speed with cold tyres uh, being in the wet. And- yeah, the... Big Sack had a shit ass weekend all up. Yeah, the say. Big Sack fucked it. But um, yeah, look, it, it still made it really interesting because you were watching qualifying, just thinking, yeah. will it dry out? Are yeah. they going to suspend qualifying? What yeah. happens if they red flag the whole session? Because yeah. unlike F1, they can't do it the next day because it's all a one day event. Yeah, well, if you look at the top six for qualifying, you had Sarazen, who was first. Then you've got D'Ambrosio. He couldn't believe his fucking luck. Exactly, especially with like the his effort on Saturday. Where I mean, didn't look that crash hot to be honest. Uh, had a bit, a bit of unlucky, but um, yeah, this one he's pulled it out and got first. And you remember in the first, in the first qualifying of the round ten, he was the sort of worst off from um, Lee, how do you say he's Lima? Lima, yeah, Lima from going straight and then not getting his car back out on track. Jeez, Lima's the fucking Pastor Maldonado of Formula E. Yeah. There's one in every exactly, series. Exactly, yeah. And so we had Sarazen, um, D'Ambrosio, uh, Duval for the top three. Then we had Sam Bird. Uh, that's a brilliant result for Bird too. Isn't it? Um, home track. He, like you said, he was in the generous group. Yeah. But he still had to put it on the track and he did it well. Yeah. And then you got Senna in fifth and um, Wemi in sixth. So even there, it's mixed up the, the top uh, top six pole uh, qualifiers. Not all the ones who are in the chance with the championship. Uh, he saw a bit different on the, the Saturday. Yeah, Degrassi was still in a chance of this race, but it pretty much meant that PK and Buemi had to crash out. Yeah, it was always going to be difficult. Yeah, um, but you know he, he had a fair crack and fair play to him. Yeah, but uh, they started this one on the grid rather than on a safety car, which was good to see. And it was pretty helter skelter. Uh, you saw quite a few guys getting into it. Yeah, um, the, the big event that took note was lap five. Uh, Lima ran into De Silvestro. Yeah, yeah. Which was pretty disappointing. And his front pod just uh, flew off the back, yeah. hit Yamamoto, and then um, also Fontana. Well, first off, the fan boost for this one went to Buemi, Turvey, and PK Jr. So, again, you got PK Jr. and Turvey, but the fans got behind Buemi, get him over the line for the championship, which I thought was great. So, we gave out a call to arms to <laughs> get him a fan boost on the weekend. So, I'm, I think we're the credit for that. I'll take that, yeah. yeah all us. Um, uh, the, other, the other thing I found interesting was that when they were interviewing Nelson PK on the grid, um, the interviewer pointed out a new fancy helmet design that he's got there. Had the, a green, yellow, and, and black helmet. There was a collaboration between him and Usain Bolt. And yeah. it was for charity. And the interviewer was like, oh, it's a nice helmet. And he's like, yeah, I'm teamed up with Usain Bolt. It's going to be auctioned for whoever it's needed for. So obviously a big fan of charity. Yeah. <laughs> Does his part. Obviously it shows, says more about the, the business of charity these days. Where you just get people on board who don't give a fuck about what you're doing. And just go, yeah, that's good for my my brand. It makes me look great. So, yeah, that's for charity. Well, in fairness, he had other things on his mind at the time. I'm sure he... Yeah, that's true. That's he true. might have cared about the charity about now, maybe. But, uh, you know, when you're on yeah. the on the grid for a world championship, you're kind of thinking, yeah, there, there's a helmet and I'm going to get in the car and drive. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, in the race, um, I thought Silvestro did really well as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, she was having a really good race running through just got in some bad tangles yeah yep. um, 
obviously her regular series is the IndyCar, and she's used to high speed, few corners, whereas yeah. this is the exact opposite. Plenty of corners, low speed, and quite technical. Yeah, but she qualifies seventeenth. So, what was her end result there? Thirteenth. That's a good. That's a good recovery. That's you know. Yeah, for... she did really well, and it, it's not going to show on points. Yeah, because uh, she had a zero point weekend. And it's the first weekend on Formula E. Yes. Yeah. Um, driving for Andretti, she's been yeah. driving for Andretti in IndyCar. And one good thing about the Andretti team is that they've blooded a lot of drivers in this sport. And I'm not saying it's good for a team perspective, but to get interest amongst drivers in this sort of league. Because those people are going to go back to whatever leagues they're racing in and say, that Formula E, you know, it wasn't too bad. It was pretty fun. So. Well, it's also a way to expand your influence and marketability yeah. if you're a, a team without increasing expenditure so much. Yeah. So teams like Andretti, they've already got the drivers in the system. Yeah. There's more drivers yeah. than there are seats every single year. Yeah. So if you can say, well, look, you know, we've got um, so many seats available in Indy, yeah. but we want you to head over to Formula E and get a bit of experience there and yeah. see how you go. Just see how they handle a race weekend. Yeah. Um, and you can sort of get an idea of what they're about yep. without the risk of putting them in the Indy 500 and having them yeah. burn in a fiery wreck. Unless you force India, in which case you send Nico Hockenberg off to win the World Drivers' Championship or the 24-hour Le Mans, and then you're like, shit, how are we going to hold on to him now? Yeah, they've got no chance. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. <laughs> he is done and dusted. But uh, that wasn't the Williams team he was driving for then either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He was on loan. Alonso wanted to do the same thing, and they said no. Yeah. and Because uh, that would have been terrible for Honda, having some good publicity. <laughs> well, he just said the other day he wanted to do some other races too. I think, to... I think he's lucky to even be let to ride a bike these days. Yeah. Yeah. PK had a very, very smart race. His yeah. first uh, fan boost in the first car, he used it to save energy, yeah. which I thought was a very veteran move. Yeah, it's a very sort of wily move, isn't it? It's a very experienced yeah. move, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing that helped him was um, Yamamoto went in the back of Trulli and he actually missed two runoffs and was trying to make it back to the pits with yeah. three wheels, which was dumb as fuck. I mean, his team should have been able to tell him, mate, you're not going to continue here. Yeah. Um, you're done. Well, I think that was on lap seven, yeah? Yeah, and look, even if he had made it back to the pits, the second car isn't going to have enough juice to yeah, make it the whole exactly yeah. you're not going to get out of it and look how you've done like the last race but I think the difference is, is if you saw how Prost overtook Trudy on lap 4 which is in mm. similar circumstances then you see how Yamamoto fucks it up it shows the difference between uh, class driving and a bit of, of too much kamikaze driving yeah um, even things like lap 1 Buemi got touched in the front right by a bird but they both uh, had the sensibility to back off and make sure you could both get through a corner and yeah they're able to control their car and their yeah, position in it yeah um yeah, it was it was really interesting, but uh, the, the other funny thing too, Heidfeld yep. uh, coming into the pits. <laughs> How good was this? He uh, had some issues. I'm not quite sure what it was even now. Some, some uh, power related because it was only like ten. Yeah, that he's coming in. Uh... I think um, something shook loose or whatever, and yeah. his car has zero power. Yeah. on the way into the pits. Yeah, well, you know, just before the pits, so he's able to sort of glide into pit lane. Yeah. And it's a long pit lane. It doubles I mean, he's back. Saw, he's actually saw him halfway through, pull the batteries out and rub them between his hands and blow yeah. on them, try and put them back in, see if you can make so it. So he's pushed the whole way. There. And the funny thing about this is, um, if you've seen the the Battersea Park circuit, the pit lane is perpendicular to the, the race. So he's yeah. had to run his car past the back of the garage, yeah. go all the way around, take the corner and run it back into the garage yep. <laughs> without help because obviously you can't interfere with the car yeah. when it's technically on the track. Yeah. Uh, if Again, if that happens in F1, it's... Black flag, you're done. Yeah. But because there's such a small pit window 
in yeah. Formula E, and there's no pitting for tyres or fuel or anything. Yeah, uh, they just decided, well, fuck it, let him go. Yeah, jump in the next car, mate. Yep, he Have jumped another in the next crack. car and had fuck all chance of making. I mean, the Formula E is all about all about second chances. Just look at their driver <laughs> list. Yeah, I think uh, Heidfeld's actually. I think he was the fourth most races without a win in Formula yeah. One. See, I always liked him as a driver in Formula One. I always thought he sort of put his head down and. Wasn't too much of a dickhead. Uh, I liked the way he raced. Um, kind of compared him to maybe a earlier day Nico Hulkenberg. I think he had some talent, just never had the proper seat to expose it. Yeah, there's plenty and of drivers moved on. to say that. Yeah. Plenty uh, of drivers, no talent, did get good seats well, though. Well, yeah, that's it. Um, Jeb got a penalty a couple of laps later for a peak power yeah. surge. Yeah. Uh, that They reckon it might have been coming off a bump. His tyres yeah. have spun in midair. Like, yeah. Jeb's just flattened the fucking thing. Couple of bump, tyres spin in midair. There's no friction at all, so... Yeah. It oh, spins spiked, up. The, spiked the power. Yeah, output. and any time yeah. you go over 150 kilowatts in a race, yep. it's instant uh, drive-through. Yeah. Or disqualification if you're doing it for the whole damn race. Yeah. And but, the thing is, with this, with this um, when we're using his fan boost, was different to PK in this one as well. I think he used it once. A couple of people started um, pitting, and he had a bit of room in front of him, and used that to try and gain a bit of time hmm. to extend the advantage that from people behind him. I think um, PK was chasing down... There was someone in between him and his teammate, I think, and there was a fairly big gap uh, between whoever Buemi was ahead of. And so he's looking to really extend that gap so that even if PK got ahead, there'd still be significant um, catching up to do. Mm. And then that that um, started the everyone followed into the pits with Saracen yeah. coming in on lap 14. Yeah, the, the big one, though, was uh, lap 16. Exactly uh, right. <laughs> it's the next asterisk I've got in my book. Buemi, uh, he, had a, he was doing so brilliantly. Yep. Uh, sitting fifth. Yep. And looking so sweet for it. Um, spins. Just yeah. uh, takes a corner on cold tyres after his pit stop. Yep. And just spins, lets centre through. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, I mean, it's cold tyres and a bit too much front brake, brake bias going into the penis-piercing corner and yeah. pinched the front left and the arse came around. And it, it's heartbreaking because yep. for all bar... And that was where he lost the championship too. That yeah. was where he lost the championship. For all bar five minutes of the day he was the world champion yep. elect yep. essentially yep. he just had to get through and collect the trophy yeah and look he didn't give it away give the world championship away there but that's what allowed Nelson Piquet to earn it yeah PK, which, he, which he did in the PK related did race brilliantly don't get me wrong but Buemi should have not even let him have that opportunity that, yeah. that yeah. corner is and his ability to find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory is what yeah, cost him. Yeah, but there's no doubt that, yeah, we both agree that Nelson Piquet definitely deserved the championship. Yeah, I think even Mark Webber race. was watching this going, that's one unlucky motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then lap 19 was the next incident I've got and yeah. Lima goes into a wall. Yeah. Um, he was pretty, uh, let's say, average. He didn't even turn. He went straight into a wall. Yeah. I mean, if anyone knows about that, it's probably Piquet. Yeah. By all accounts, he's a, a fantastic driver and, yeah. you know, Definitely deserves to be out there, but he had a weekend to forget. Yeah, and that was... Uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, he he seems like he knows what he's on about. Um, he's, he's not that old. Yeah. Um, he's only 26, so he's got a chance. He's uh, he's won a championship in GP too, so obviously he's knows what he's on about. Yeah, but no slouch. He just couldn't get it together this week. Um, I don't know what you can say is going on with that, but... Who knows, really? Yeah, for whatever reason, he just uh, just struggled. I'm sure he got another crack at it, and you know, everyone had their sort of times this season where they struggled. Just probably maybe not his day. But also on that lap, it was when um, Piquet, like I said before, was chasing his teammate Turvey. Um, Buemi had the fastest lap at that point as well. Which 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 I love about this is that 
the fastest laps started coming in, into championship contention towards the end. But yes. it allowed lots of strategies, whereas not only could you try and get the fastest lap so that you have a better chance of winning the championship or maybe put your head in the championship, which it would have for um, Nelson Piquet, I think. But also, you can tell your teammate, who's got no chance of doing nothing, just crank the power up. You try and get the fastest lap mm. to take it away from your championship rival. Yeah, or you have drivers backing off a little bit so they've got a bit of space to move yeah. up into and go for fastest lap. Yeah. Which, look, you've got to have a crack at it. And I, yeah. the one thing I hate is that lull in uh, Formula 1 races yeah, where exactly. everyone's just... They know they can't pass. They know they're, you know, just grinding out the laps. Yeah, yeah. And it's boring. Yeah. And I, the drivers get bored. Yeah. But if you include points for fastest lap, yeah. I think it's brilliant. I thought, like, as a spectator, this just added a whole new set of variables to who's going to win the championship that I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, and, there's so much more going on on track. And it makes it obvious who the camera should follow. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yep. sometimes, you know, you're hearing about this battle and it's battle for 15th and 16th and yeah. it's mildly interesting. Yeah. But... Not terribly. And like like you were saying before, um, where Formula E do their own broadcasting, whereas Formula One has done, wherever that country host is, does the broadcasting. Yeah. And they always fuck it up. It's always shithouse. Which I think Formula One are changing that for next season. I think they might be looking at doing the same one that Formula E had done. But they're sort of, it's like they're allergic to the internet at the moment. Bernie just can't mm. get his head around it. Not interested. We see it so often in every sport. Whenever, That's where we come in. Yeah. Whenever corporate is trying to sell the sport to the fans. Yeah they don't know what the fans like. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, we saw it just uh, yesterday with Reebok and yeah. UFC. Yeah. They, their launch was pitiful. Yeah. And they misspelled half the fucking <laughs> fighters' names. That was but, pathetic. Oh. That but you was get the same sort of thing uh, in F1 where you've got yeah. corporate brands wanting to be identified with Formula One but not yeah. knowing why they should. Well, now we've got governments doing the same thing. Maybe yeah, Middle East true. ones who have got incredibly hor- horrendous human rights records and are like shit I need some good publicity because I'm a horrible fucking dictator uh, I've killed half a generation yeah, and, and then you've um, got the yeah, corporate but- big wigs going we're horrible fucking people too yeah <laughs> let's do exactly. it exactly but um, oh look you really can't fault the way Formula E's done everything the mistakes were made yeah but for a, a first year ridiculously good yeah but um, safety yeah. car yeah. safety car comes out after the Lima accident wasn't it Yep. Which, and I mean, we were talking about um, Wemmy having that fan... Uh, um, Wemmy doing that fan boost to increase the gap to um, PK before the pit stops. And this is where it all comes undone, when the mm. safety car comes out and just bunches them all back up again. Yep. Um, You've got to say that to go from 17th yep. on the grid to uh, 7th yeah. for PK, unbelievably good. Yeah. And um, whoever was on the... Co- I can't remember who it was on the commentary, actually... Did a made a very good quote. I'm sure they heard it somewhere else, but it was in that situation. Um, you've got everything on the line, but you've got to drive like none of it matters. Yes, which is which is so true. Um, and another another bloke who did well was Sam Bird. Obviously, yeah, starting where he did, and then to win with the fastest lap as well. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And the um, thing is, he had to take his teammate to get second place, and then chase yeah. down the leader. And, and D'Ambrosio, he was obviously you know up there as well. Speaking of that, D'Ambrosio overtook Duval uh, on the last few laps. Yeah, and there was a little bit of heat about that. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, there was uh, a bit of tense conversation. And you, you saw them uh, rehashing it yeah. after the race. And yeah. neither of them were very happy. Yeah. Oh, damn, bro. As drivers generally aren't. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, the only people, the only professional I've met that are more unhappy is probably chefs. <laughs> Never met a fucking happy chef, man. Well, both of them are baking their own fucking sweats. So yeah, maybe that's, that's true. what you've said for it. True. But uh, yeah, driver of the day for me went to Sam Bird. Yeah. He just had a brilliant one. Hey, look, the other thing we've got to forget, we can't forget, lap 24 was actually when Nelson Piquet overtook um, Duran to take the mm. championship lead. So that was where he actually got the position that put him in um, 
into the lead. And yeah, basically it was a very, very fucking good overtake. Yeah. He trusted the grip around the outside of the corner and just carried the speed right around there and yep. did a very clean overtake uh, coming onto the straight. Well, just before that, they were very smart to get PK past Turvey uh, without compromising yeah. either of their laps. Yep. Yep. So they just sort of went along the straight. Turvey moved over yeah. a bit. PK moves over a bit. Yep. Gets the drag and gets it done. Because the thing is, even though he's going for the driver's championship, there's still a constructor's championship to worry about as well. And they're not going to win it, but you still get paid different uh, yeah. based on what, what position you come. So and there you still know, is a team. Uh, you Turby know. doesn't want to slow back down and let uh, Prost into the thing because yeah. obviously he's Buemi's mate well, as well. You never want to let Prost pass any, anyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, in the end, Prost didn't really have much of an effect on the, the race. Yeah. But uh, neither did Turby. So team orders really didn't come into it so much. I mean, yeah, yeah he let. Uh, PK passed but even if the they were fighting is, in anger I think it would have happened anyway if, if in that situation if your team boss needs to come over the radio and say hey that, your teammate is going to win a championship you got to lean past probably you're doing the wrong thing you know what I mean surely you'll be able to know that's my teammate he's going for a driver's championship maybe I'll just let him through and I'll go about my race yeah and in, in the final few laps we saw Buemi all up the arse of Senna oh that um, was sensational it's like Ayrton in Monaco trying to keep Mansell behind him, behind him again yeah the, the thing that um, really stood out for me though was Buemi was still safe. Yep. Whereas Senna, even though he really had fuck all to drive for, yeah. uh, or maybe it's his career, you never really know, Yeah. Um, you really didn't see that level of aggression. You didn't seem like Buemi was trying to win a driver's championship. Because yeah. if, he, if he bins it, mm. who cares? You've lost anyway. Exactly, yeah. So in that uh, corner where he pushed Senna into, I think it was Duval. Yeah, I think it was Duval. I think, actually, I, think, I don't think he pushed him in. I think Senna just straight up went into Duval. Yeah. And then he tried to go around the outside. And this is what you're talking about. And it was yeah, on, Senna tried to go around the outside. Yeah. Duval's on the inside. Yeah. And uh, Buemi tried to sneak interlocked. up the inside as well. Yeah. And they, were, they had interlocking tyres for a bit. Yeah. And then on the, that was in the chicane, on the next corner, yeah. into the, from the left-hander into the right-hander, yeah. you just saw Senna come all the way across the racing line yeah. and uh, squeeze him into that corner. Had Buemi held his line yeah. and just sort of moved into him a little bit and give him a bit of a, hey, mate, I'm still yeah. fucking here. I reckon he could have held the spot hey, and look, he's the world champion. Last corner and you're going for world championship, you have to put center into that wall. Like, because he, he went around, like he came around the, the left and he he came around at such an angle that he allowed center to be able to push him around and make that mm. corner. He had to go straight and make sure that center had no chance of making that second corner. He was going straight into that wall. He had to break and then follow behind. And that's his championship. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, center crashed into him, well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. But part of Buemi's ability is that he does finish races. Yeah. Um, Senna, not so much. But his ability to um, take the sensible option has served him well. Yeah. In this case, it worked against him because it, it what was one of the events that yeah. cost him a championship. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for him, it's still not a bad result. To finish yeah. second well, uh, as a cast-off is brilliant. The other thing about that, though, I think, is that yeah, as a racing driver, you're not wired to run someone into a fence. And in that moment, that split second... Well, not all of them. Yeah, not all of them, but I mean... Uh, it'll take a conscious short, a conscious decision to think, hang on, I've got to make sure this dude crashes so that I can win this championship. And yeah. maybe, you know, maybe looks back and goes, fuck, ah, oh, that's all I had to do. Shit. Yeah, or if you're driving in a Lotus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they crossed the line and uh, it was funny because a lot of them were still trying to work out the math of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can see him on there. So who's won this fucking championship? PK was on the radio going, uh, did I win? Okay, did I, did I win? <laughs> yeah. did, he, did he get faster slap? <laughs> Did he, did he not? Is it going to a shootout? Um, yeah, and obviously had they ended up on equal points, uh, it would have gone to Buemi based on countback. So yeah. he would have had the most wins. Yep. So it was a, a straight-up fight. 
and PK got it done just yeah. by getting that one extra spot on Duran. And, you know, obviously not just the one spot. He, he moved up nine spots, yeah. which is brilliant. On a uh, track where in qualifying, they said impossible to overtake on this track. Impossible. It's all going to be procession. It's going to be won and lost in qualifying. And he did beautifully. Yeah. Uh, really, he drove an extra lap for his pit stop. Yeah. Uh, so he pit stopped clean. So yeah. he didn't have to worry about cars behind, cars yeah. in front. They could time it so that he did the perfect yeah. one minute, 20 pit stop. Yeah. And I... I can't floor PK's drive. Yeah. Uh, while Sam Bird was exceptional. It's great to see him get the win in front of his home crowd yeah, too. you've got to say PK had drive of the day. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, For a championship, that much pressure and it comes down to the wire and held all together. And look, he was driving on the edge. I really think that his rallycross experience pulled him through this one because oh, there was plenty he was of fanging that car around like nobody's business. Like, he had a beautiful inertial drift where he uh, came into the, sh- uh, the left-hander pretty much pointing 30 degrees yeah, that's right. away from the corner. Is that when he went over the ripple strip? Yeah, the ripple well? strip hits his back wheel and that <laughs> spins, him. Yeah. spins him and he's able to then switch to a four-wheel inertial drift where he's facing the right way, yeah. but his momentum's taking him into the wall. Yeah, he's just waiting for it to bite. And he just floors it, gets by, and off he goes and misses the wall by, oh, you know, a lousy inch. Yeah. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. I loved it. I loved oh, watching that, it. That gif is just getting replayed and replayed and replayed. Yeah. It is fantastic. And if that's not on the ad for Formula E next year, yeah. I don't know what is. And I think it's a credit to uh, sort of all the drivers on there who managed to do all those overtakes because they weren't wrong in their assessment that it's a very skinny track. It's going to be very hard to overtake, but they still managed to do it. And there were a lot of very good overtakes. So I think it's a credit to the drivers and the way they drove. Some people fucked it up, but hey, it's going to happen. Let's see. The, the criticism about. We're still going to jump on you for that as well. <laughs> The criticism about Formula E is that it's slower, it's quieter. Yeah, that's true. But it's exciting. But objectively, the racing is better exactly than Formula right. 1. Exactly right. That's what, that's what we have to be is objective. And you know, we agree, it's slower. Um, some of the talent isn't there, obviously. You've got talented, more talented drivers in Formula 1. But as a spectacle, as entertainment, I found it really, really entertaining. I loved it. I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was great. And, you know, I'm a hardcore F1 fan. As a series, F1's by far and away better. Yeah. Um, the technology, the driver's ability, um, the out-and-out balls-to-the-wall aggressiveness. Yeah. Far, far better. And the one good thing about Formula E is that it doesn't have the elitist Formula 1 fans. Yes, this is also true. Although they do have Fergie, and I think they can probably get rid of her now. Yeah, true. Um, And they do have Jean Todd sitting down and taking down. Yeah, he's big fucking smile again. Yeah. Why is there always a short white dude in charge of everything? He's just sitting there thinking, all right, how can I fuck this up? This has been too successful. Napoleon Todd apart. But... um, Anyway, it was good to see uh, Sandberg get up for the win, especially because being a homeboy and uh, yeah. uh, Virgin Racing, obviously Richard Branson came out in full support and yep. it's uh, guys like him that are going to be able to get this series up. Yeah, yeah. Um, him and Elon Musk get together and they'll take this to a next level. Oh, jeez, that would be beautiful. Yep. I, I really, really do hope Tesla get involved in oh, it. I think it's, it's got to be a done deal, doesn't it? I don't see how they could not get involved it in it. It seems a lock, uh, especially with uh, Andretti being involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it makes sense to get a Tesla sort of feel for it especially because yeah. the, the Tesla cars are um, supercar value yeah like they're, they're looking at 200 grand yeah for a lot of the decent ones yep so having a uh, a race presence makes sense yep but if you've got an all electric race series it, it doubly makes sense plus then you can sell your batteries on so exactly. you like become you can, a supplier you can, you're making profit over profit you can use that to offset a lot of your um, sort of technology research and things like that yeah. because you can directly put that into competition and try and win something out of it especially now when they're doing battery packs for homes and yeah. that sort of thing yeah. uh, which I think is a brilliant idea yeah fuck like they get it sorted out I'm on board yeah I'm in um, so here's hoping they do and 
even better, they've yeah. open sourced a lot of that. So yeah. here's hoping yeah. other people join in. Um, we might see competing yeah. companies and a little bit of luck in Australia because technically we tend to not invest in technology because our politicians hate it. Yeah. Um, also, London being the first one completely powered by solar energy, that's got to be attractive for people like Tesla um, or renewable because it's one thing to have uh, electronic cars, but where that electricity comes from is more to the point because there's no point yeah. coming off the grid. It's still dirty. So, yeah, as soon as these are off the assembly line, they don't actually cause any pollution. Yeah. Not even noise pollution. They're that damn quiet. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I saw someone's first-hand account of it, and they said um, they did a few tests, and they were stood a bit away from the park, and they said you couldn't even hear a car come around the corner because it was on the street. Well, it actually made them a bit louder because they were worried that they were so quiet you might not be able to hear them coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah, a pretty good point. But uh, yeah, they did actually trial uh, putting speakers in them. But they thought, <laughs> no, that's that's a bit douchey. Yeah. Speaking of douchey, did you see the DJ? Uh, Formula EJ. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? It was like a Mad Mouse. Yeah. Uh, like, Mad Mouse. Dead dang, Mouse. Dead, dead Mouse, meets, yeah. Um, your creepy cousin who bought some decks off eBay. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's kind of like Dead Mouse and... Fucking... What are the other two that wear masks? Kraftwerk? Really, uh, no, they're just Germans. They don't wear anything interesting at all. Uh, anyway, it's like they had a mutant child, but... I think they should just get actual DJs and do guest spots in there. You know what I mean? Well, isn't Jeb a DJ? I don't know what Jeb is yet. <laughs> I don't know. I figured it out. Maybe that should be the thing. Like, if you crash, the first person to crash out has to man the deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so when the Germans Al, get on there, Al Jazeera, I think, was the DJ, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. You got on there. Well, he wasn't. He was um, out for medical because well, he had uh, uh, dehydration, and the doctors wouldn't clear him. Oh. So he probably could have stepped up. Maybe that was him under the mask. Well, we've we've got the Coke, Coke already. We've got the Coke dealer in there. We've got the DJs. <laughs> no, we have a real fucking near party. It. You're in London, so surely you can't be short of people looking for a bit of fun that way. 24-hour party people. Yeah. But, get uh, the, yeah. Get around to Brixton or something. You know, unlike um, some other series we've seen, they actually pre- presented PK with his trophy on the awards night the next night. Yep. Um and it's fair to say he was pretty damn pleased with himself. He thinks yeah. it's a, a revival in his career. Uh, his well, quote was, this has opened my career again. I was able to show my potential. Well, you can't really disagree. He's not wrong. impressed me. No, and look, I, I have no love for the dude at all. Uh, I think I've called him every name under the sun. Probably. Now we're calling him champion. But yeah, now I have to. Um, yeah. And he didn't inherit it. He earned it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he had to earn that championship and did a bloody good job. Like, like I said, our drive of the day for the weekend. So, yeah. so look, as much as I'd be quite happy to play colour to- commentator and get on top of him and say cheap or whatever, no, no, he did it all on track. Um, yep. He beat the odds. Because yeah. I tipped Buemi, geez, a couple of races back to storm home. Yeah. I was right, but uh, I didn't factor in the part where PK can actually drive a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, this makes it so much more interesting going into next season where we've got our chosen, not villain, but the person that we... We want them to be the contender that doesn't win against the person we're going for, if that makes sense. They can be your ultra villain, yeah. but you don't want to do shit. You want them to be up there and fighting neck and neck. You, need you your, don't want to win. You need your Iceman to Maverick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, well, PK's a winner. He's the Iceman or the Maverick. I don't know whichever one yeah. you want to play him as. I don't know. But um, he's a, a world champion. And good luck to him. Yeah. But uh, he got that award, and then obviously, um, Edam's Renault picked up the Constructors' Championship. Yep. Um, Buemi collected the pole position award for the most poles. Yeah. I, I just can't wait to see how Renault don't use um, being two world champions, two time world champions again to their advantage. 
be interesting to see how they can fuck this one up. Oh, jeez. They'll find a way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Buemi with three poles, he, he got the most poles, which was fantastic for him. Um, and they also had another award uh, for social media activation, oh, uh, was it? which Virgin Media got, which if there's one thing that Formula One does abysmally, it's social media yeah, yeah. Um, and fan integration. Yeah. They sent out a, a survey a while back and it was pretty piss poor, if I'm honest. Yeah, I don't think that was even sanctioned by F1. I think that was the drivers got together and put that one out because they were so pissed off with it because they're doing all the legwork for it, for yeah. Formula One, and they're like, and we're getting treated like shit, what the fuck, you know? But uh, I really honestly don't think that uh, Bernie and those guys know what the common fan wants. And no, how no. the fuck, Willie, if you're a billionaire and you go yeah. over there by secret tunnel, yeah, um, you're not going to have any idea. And the thing is, he sort of offset the lack of interest and money from coming in from fans by just going to oil-rich countries that hmm. need some sort of public, public uh, positive publicity. And, I mean, fuck, it's not good for anybody because if there's no fans, no matter how much good publicity there is, no one watching. Yeah, and you... Your fans are your resource. Exactly, um, exactly. And they just haven't figured out, they don't understand that just because you can't put a dollar sign on it doesn't mean it's not worth anything. Yes. Um, the only reason there hasn't been a rival series come, I think, is because they've stitched up Ferrari with uh, a yeah. bribe slash incentive to stay. Yeah. They get 2020, uh, I think. I think it's 100 million straight off the top before yeah, anything gets, else gets paid. Because yep. um, if Ferrari goes and McLaren go... yeah. F1 goes. Well, like we've seen with the Red Bull problems at the moment, they've said that that's why they signed him up till 2020. Mm. Um, well, that's not why they did. Bernie had his own little best interest in it. But, um, yeah. So Actually, looking- it could be interesting with um, Formula One having its current issues, and Bernie in particular. Yeah. If CBC decides to oust him, or if CBC decide to sell, yeah. Bernie said he'll sell his shares with it. Yeah. Um, will he then go, all right, all you pricks that hated me, let's go start a rival series. Yeah, but he's 85, so... Yeah, yeah I don't think have he's a lot surviving of time, on the blood of unborn children or something, so yeah. he could live to be 150. I don't think he has the support of anyone anymore. I think he's just got it with an iron fist. <laughs> so, But hey, look, he... I mean, he didn't do everything he did fairly, but he was very sort of smart, conniving, um, strategic, manipulative in how he did it, but that's fucking business, you know what I mean? If it, it was someone else was going to... He was just more manipulative and conniving than every other account that was trying to do the same thing. Yeah, but then you look at what Virgin did, and in getting their social media activation award, they were able to integrate um, their fans so much more effectively. Yeah. So on one hand, you got... sell though. Yeah, but on one hand, you got Bernie Eccleston. On the other hand, you got Richard Branson. Yeah. And yeah, you know, the social media is more uh, a lower level thing that they would have oversight of, but not, you'd assume, direct responsibility for. Yeah. But uh, I'd have to say Branson's got smarter people around him than Bernie does. Oh, fucking way smarter, yeah. And completely different sort of orientated people. Bernie's are all mm-hmm. investment bank... Um, Invent, investment capitalists mm. and not interested so much in humanity and anything if it makes money yeah. it's a good idea yeah and Branson's always been on the uh, entrepreneurial side of things he's yeah. willing to speculate to accumulate and he's yeah. uh, he's invested heavily in Virgin Racing yeah uh, from F1 uh, then they've joined with Marussia yeah and now in Formula E and look you'd have to say it's paid off because yeah. even the the amount of airtime they would have got from Sam Bird's win alone yeah. would be worth the investment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but also, I've been following uh, their Facebook page a bit, and all season there's been interaction. There's yeah. been uh, posts pumping up their drivers, pumping up the team, pumping yep. up the race weekends, and it's been fantastic. And yeah. I really cannot understand what other teams don't get about that. Like Renault? <laughs> oh, like, like everything. Like, Even- we, we won fucking eight world, champions in a, eight, eight world championships in four seasons. Marketing? Nah, nothing we can do with that. What's that good for? It's like, yeah, why are you in a sport? I think sport? we saw the uh, the Vettel 
Renault Clio or some bullshit. It was an Infinity, I think, uh, that they had. A, a Vettel Infinity. Which oh, is they had that too. But, um, shit. Um, yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty much like Victoria Beckham's fucking Land Rover, more or less. Yeah. But Infinity. And, you know, I, I would say I'd look at my uh, stable of companies and go, all right, uh, Renault own... Well, who do we own? Infinity? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We can do. yeah. Oh, we also own Nissan GTR. A, a Nissan GTR Vettel edition. Yeah. Fuck balls. That would sell like mad. Yep. Fucking oath. Like, could you imagine that shit? Just let know. him go in the thing for a day, go to the factory, let him, I don't know, put his handprint on the bonnet or some bollocks, let him uh, drive around in the test bed a couple of times and say oh the suspension needs to be tighter and they can say oh he tuned the suspension and all of a sudden you've got a car that is already selling faster than they can make them and they have to take orders 10 years in advance yeah but I don't think the Germans would be impressed with Japanese engineering like, what is this spaceship yeah this is superfluous engineering well yeah Porsche certainly wouldn't be because it beat them around Nürburgring yeah controversially I mean, all, all, all those times are fucking rubbish let's be honest <laughs> It's all, oh no, this one was on semi-slicks and it was um, fucking 20 degrees and yeah. just a bit of humidity or whatever. But anyway, the point of the future. story is that Virgin are very smart on their social media. We and don't I have think, points uh, for our stories. Yeah, more teams can learn from Virgin and, you know, if they can maybe hand on how to win an F1 back to them, that'd be pretty pretty good exchange, I'd yeah. say. Um, on yeah, the future of Formula E. Yeah, with that, that uh, race drew 1.2 million viewers. On ITV. Wow. Um, which is amazing because... That many viewers is F1 level viewership. Yeah. Which would be massively encouraging. I mean, it, it helps to have a local boy uh, in the mix. It helps Sam to have Bird. us promoting as well, you know. I reckon we, we're responsible for out to oh, say I think, I think the two. 1.1 1. 1. 1 million. I think we're responsible for the two on that. Yeah, well, not, we not both the 200,000, probably the two. We both watch, so there's two. Um, and look, I, I really think they would be massively excited about that. Because yeah. you get. Now this uh, next season, they can go to sponsors, to uh, manufacturers and everything and say, you realise we ramped up our viewership all season and finished at 1.2 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's 1.2 million customers. Uh, Generally, the demographic is they're younger. Yeah. Um, They're, you know, have a a little bit of money. Yeah, exactly. uh, In the market for cars and emerging technology. So if you're anything to do with electrically powered cars yeah uh, even the hybrids we're seeing and everyone's doing a hybrid yeah. now BMW Mitsubishi uh, Mercedes even if, you're a, if you're a sponsor looking for this um, cheap green credentials yeah jump on board so you know it, sponsorship's got to be cheaper than Formula 1 at the moment surely oh it'd be a hundred the, the cost this is the cheapest it's ever going to be well that's the thing too because if you're the Formula 1 marketing guy you're going to call up say Lexus they have yeah. a, a, quite a few hybrids yeah and say look uh, we're expanding here 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 and here yeah. here's our race se- uh, series for next year uh yeah let's book you in for five years at this rate here's your competitors that are going in it so. yeah and so next year it's going to go up because we're going to we're starting at 1.2 million views yep. we're hoping to get up to 2 million next year maybe yeah. 2.5 and it's just going to keep growing yeah um and so what's, what's with the changes next year with the rules what have we got well i've opened up a couple of little things um for a start a lot of the stuff's going to be the same yeah like uh, you start off with the um the actual car construction still by, still done by Spark yep and look I think the car looks great I think it looks brilliant fantastic yeah. I think you posted um, put out on our Facebook or Twitter page when they had both of the EDM's cars get, getting mm. pulled out of the garage it looks sensational in the sun uh, it was the Aguris um, oh yeah, yeah. Amblin Aguris and they look gorgeous yeah. I, I love how they've sculpted around the wheels yeah me too I think that's a brilliant touch and yep. it also lets you instantly know what car you're looking at yeah because yep. you look at an F1 
you know, the engine's hidden by a cowl, so you yeah. can't really tell that. You can see the exhaust pipe at the back a little bit. Yeah. But uh, you can tell the difference between that and IndyCar based on the rear wing height yeah. and the tyre widths and that sort of thing. But yeah. you look at this instantly, you've got the, the recessed wheels like yeah. an Indy car, yeah. but the big rear wing like an F1 car. And, and you, got, you know what you're looking at. It's got the high nose like GP2. Yes, so. exactly. And I just think it's a spectacular looking car and Spark have done brilliantly. Uh, yeah. You know, with the aero being one of the standardized parts, yep. uh, the teams aren't able to mess around with that at all. And including next season, they can't play with that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what they what the car looks like is up to Spark. Yep. And I think they've, they're on a winner. Yeah, I mean, whatever they're doing, they're doing it right. So, yeah. yeah. And then... You know, another F1 connection, the powertrain electronics all done by McLaren. Yep. And they're starting to really get a good rep. Exactly. And with um, McLaren, they're involved there and they're involved in Indy. I think they've actually got some involvement in NASCAR as well. Yeah. I think they and do a too. whole bunch of yeah. series around the world. They've got a fair few over in America that do lots of work there. But the thing is, if they've also got very successful powertrain and electronic systems for Formula E. Mm-hmm. So you look at what they've done with Formula One. They've got pretty much the best aero guys from Red Bull across there. They've got the best electronics. So if Honda can get their act together and get an engine that's going to be good, look out. Oh, the second half of next season, I think they're going to start to really hit their straps. And look to see if they might start having a bit more um, money going towards Formula E ventures if, if Honda don't pull their weight. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, Renault, uh, they're doing system integration and they're yep. also going to be constructor next year. Yep. So we're seeing them <laughs> So in the F1. cars will go backwards next year is what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe. No, with F1, we're seeing them not really invest. They haven't used any tokens. They're not really yeah. um, going flat chat. Yeah. I, so, I don't think they're interested in having fun at the moment. Yeah, so either they're planning on pulling out yep. or, uh, or or they just don't give a shit. Yeah. But um, it makes sense for them to invest in Formula E because they're already on board building the system integration. They're going to be a yeah. constructor. Um, they would get much better return on investment, especially yeah. because a lot of the cars they make are the shitty little electronic cars. Yeah, anyway. but the thing is, I mean, the French just don't have a history of quitting, so I can't see them leaving Formula 1. <laughs> <laughs> or eating cheese, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then with F1 as well, we've got Williams Advanced Engineering making the batteries. Um, Done an excellent job. Too. I think they won awards for their involvement in this, I believe. Yes. And to get 200 kilowatts out of a battery that is so small and light. They had to invent, yeah. Like it's some, phenomenal. What are they, lithium ion or some shit they've invented? And apparently one of them is like a thousand AA batteries or something like that. Yeah. And it, I could have just made that up completely, but we'll run with that. No, run, run with this fact. I saw it on Wiki. Right, uh, we will in 10 minutes. I'll yep. have it written. Um, <laughs> But it's brilliant what they've done, and it will translate to not just on track success, but on yeah. road success. Because yeah. if you're a, a hell, even a Mercedes or a well, let's go with Audi. Yeah, I think Audi would be a good one. Yeah. Um, if you're Audi, you're making a new R8. Yeah. If you can then look at the McLaren P1 and say, well, they've got a hybrid there. They yeah. get really low, good low end torque. Yep. I might go for a hybrid version as well. Yeah, exactly. And why wouldn't you? Yeah. And of course, if you need batteries, probably go for the guys that have managed to do it so well in Formula E. And uh, they only last uh, about 15 laps, but when you've got yeah. uh, energy recovering in the brakes and yeah. you know probably heat exchanges in the engine too, yeah, you can recharge that in no time. And look, Tesla's doing the same thing with researching the batteries and mm. going. it seems like they're going at comparable paces, so it can't be too far away for sure. And well, it's already th- going to be better next year. Yeah, the thing is with Williams, they offset a lot of their Formula 1 costs with things like this through their technology departments who mm. do external business. And th- I think it's probably part of the reason why Williams have had a bit of a revival or a bit more... S- um, sort of sustainability in Formula One. They're not so up and down at the moment. Like they posted big losses, but a lot of that was accounting, um, mm. not in fact true losses. And so a lot of this has allowed them to 
a bit more investment in the Formula One. So look at them to come along next year as well. I well, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually broaden their horizons a bit because, yeah. you know, why can't they have a team in Formula E? Why yeah. can't they have a team going in the World Endurance Championship? Yeah, I think it's going to be going to be costs. But, um, yeah, if they keep going like this, yeah, exactly, why not? If there's a return on investment there, they'll do it, especially yeah. yep. if, um, say, they bring a hybrid to the World yeah. Endurance. And look, um, they got they got good rapport with lots of car manufacturers, lots yes. of dealers. So there'll be people who will want to have them in their series and want to make uh, concessions to get them on board. And I think for a time, people have been sort of concerned, oh, Frank Williams, he's on his way out. Claire has proven to be every bit the team oh, manager that he was. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and every bit is determined too. Yep. So I think she is going to be a major force in yep. well, several categories of racing with the years to come. Yeah, I think she'll be... I think... If you talk about equality in sport and that, and they always look at the drivers. But when you look at who's doing the business end of the work, you've really got Manisha Keltenbaum, who mm. has done a questionable job, depending where which way you look at it. But Claire Williams has been the real standout out of all the females that have come through this sport. I think she's the one that's going to have the future and really change things. Well, yeah, plus, for it too. you'd have to be one arrogant son of a bitch to tell the daughter of Frank yeah. Williams that you know more about anything involving racing than her. Yeah. Um, you know, she would have grown up around it yeah exactly from day one and she has proven to be not just trading in on that last name but she earned it yeah she exactly knows exactly what she's doing yeah she's improving that last name and um you know while frank still uh goes to every race that he can yeah uh his dogged determination means he probably will live to be 120 yep probably but, um he could be the first hybrid human we have. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why they <laughs> have a, hybrid, so hybrid powered, a hybrid powered williams it's <laughs> not a car <laughs> could be interesting it'll be determined anyway I want to see this happen you'll finish every damn race one way or another <laughs> but um, yeah I think she is going to be a major force um, but moving on we've got uh, Delara making the chassis and yep. they've proven to be able to do that so well oh, in so many excellent different series. reputation in that field I think they're designing the Haas chassis as well for Formula 1 not the first time they've designed Formula 1 chassis I think they did Spiker as well yeah they've um, done a Nardi. few uh, also Indy and yeah, um, Indy, Indy. Yep. NASCAR a few other series yeah. Um, so yeah they just do a beautiful monocoque chassis with uh, carbon fiber aluminium and yeah. they're the best guys going around for it yeah. um, for at least producing uh, more than just a limited number sort of thing yeah. so they'll probably make oh, maybe 60 chassis over the period yeah. and the thing is because they do a lot of chassis work uh, in lots of different series they can offset a lot of costs because it's such a high volume production whereas if you're yeah. making two chassis and that's it yeah. you know, it's, it's a bit more cost effective to get someone like that to do it yeah and that's one of the big things about Formula E is they want to be cost effective yeah, yeah. Um, they learn the lessons from Formula 1 yeah yeah. which sort of leads into our oh, sorry Michelin they're going to supply the tyres yeah. aren't they 8 um, inches again yeah again compared to Formula 1 who have the 13 inch rims yeah uh, the 18 inches are pretty much a well very common road thing I think they're yeah. standard 16 these days but yeah. if you've got a car that's not a Toyota Camry yeah. it's probably going to come with 18 inch rims yeah um, and you know, reasonable low profile tyres yeah um, now, obviously, Michelin have jumped on here because Pirelli have got Formula One, and yeah, I, think, I think they're actually contending the Formula One. Um, well, Michelin did say they wouldn't mind getting to Formula One if F1 went to 18-inch rims. Yeah, well, it's out of tenor now. I know they both put in um, yeah. Pirelli and Michelin are both in the running for it. I don't see any advantage of going away from Pirelli for Formula One, but I do see yeah. Michelin getting such a better return on investment. Yeah, from Formula E because it's a treaded tire. Yeah, it's not a slick. It's, it's a eighteen-inch rim, so it's very close to road spec. Yeah, um, and low profile as well. So yeah. I reckon it'd probably be very, if not exact, for road, road spec. Yeah, I'd find it interesting if they actually opened up the rim development. Yeah, that'd uh, be in interesting. the coming years, not just for um, 
the racing, but for the merchandising. So if you get groups like, oh, I don't know, BBS Rims yeah, or like Oz Racing or Oz Racing, all they they'll do get involved. Front, yeah. And you can have a standardized weight or certain specs, yeah. but um, just having that option. Well, because especially when they got people jumping on. With no tire warmers, you've got to figure out how to get heat into the tires quickly but not overcook them. And a lot of that can mm. be done with the manufacturing of the rims. Because I know that was a problem that um, Mercedes had with their cars when they kept on burning through them. And they didn't develop some technology. They applied some technology where they put dimples across all the inside, which helped the heat distribution or something like that. Increase the surface area. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And that, that so sort of fixed their problem. Yeah. And so a lot of solutions can be found in there. You can find little bits that you know you can tinker with and make little gains. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, too, you only get three sets for the full race day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so okay. you've got to actually be quite uh, responsible with yep. it. If you go out and flat spot in the first practice session... Yep. You got to be careful. Plus, do they have wet weather tires, or are they no. just one one, one spec tire, tire for all weather conditions? Yeah. So it's a groove tire, obviously, no yep. slicks. So there's no need to stop. It, it's very smart. Yeah. Because it means you're not wasting money on extra tires you're never going to use for the whole yeah, weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, because even with uh, Formula One, if you you have to take wet tires to each race meeting. Yeah, yeah. If you've had them there for four race meetings, you're probably not going to use them because you yeah. think, well, they're probably a bit old, might be a bit baked. Yeah. Uh, they might have been left out in the sun yeah. one if there's weekend. any chance it's going to be a disadvantage they're gone yeah uh, so there's a lot of wastage for that and I think that's where uh, I'm sure they get turned the, into thongs or something <laughs> well, Pirelli the lower thongs. formulas have a crack or, some, some people out in Darwin running around in Pirelli thongs or something <laughs> or some blokes in the drift series go oh we'll give it a crack oh, yeah <laughs> but um, yeah so that's what we're looking at for next season um, it's going to be really interesting the car yeah. doesn't look that different because the aero is the same yeah but uh, it's still going to have the same 150 kilowatts uh, during the race yep. in power save mode and 200 at the peak. But we're going to see a lot uh, a lot smoother power delivery. Yeah. So you're going to be able to hook up the car a lot better. Well, have they upped it to 200 kilowatts for the race? No, it's Is still it? 150 to 200. Ah, okay. 200 in qualifying. Right. Um, and I think they can do a bit of 200 in practice as well. But uh, you're going to see a lot... Uh, a, a lot more familiarity with the way the car's handled by the drivers too. So, yeah, the, the aero is still going to be quite gentle. So you're not going to get as yeah. much uh, downforce as you get in some of the heavier Well, they're still not opening up aero, are they? They've only opening up... Um, no, aero is going to be uh, still held for quite a while, yeah. mainly because they want to reduce costs. So the less time you spend with aero and wind yeah. tunnels and all that sort of exactly. shit, that's a major... Uh, Cost it's, sucker right there. It's, it's a money pit for F1 is running that oh, shit. Oh, massively. Um, and smart too by Formula E to do it this way. So yeah. they've only got a uh, drivetrain, powertrain, isn't it? Um, they so can play got, with the powertrain a bit. Gearbox. Um, um, also, the uh, power units, you can run one or two, Yep. but they have to drive both wheels. You can't have... They have to be rear wheels, don't they? You can't power the front wheels. Yes. Yeah. And you have to drive both of them. You can't have uh, one engine or one uh, power unit per wheel. Yep which I think is unfortunate. I'd like to see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Could be a safety thing. If you have a little spike in power on one, just send you flying off the racetrack maybe, or something. Maybe. I don't know. You change lanes. Hey. Uh, could be interesting. Better than sprinklers on a racetrack. Push the... Oh, yeah. Anything's better than sprinklers on a racetrack. Um, but yeah, they're trying to make sure there's a cost-effective element for everyone. Yeah. So but by keeping the, the specs fairly standardized initially, yeah. you can enter cheaply because it's mass production. Well, not mass mass production, but... They're producing more than one of everything. Yeah. They're producing 80 or 160 or whatever they need. Um, And you're not getting the rare earth element materials and the um, diamond monofilament bits and all that sort of shit. And also, what I think is you allow teams to develop at a similar rate 
where if you open up everything at once, you'll find someone like Mercedes come and dump 400 million on it and mm-hmm. they'll develop everything they can possible to get the best car. Whereas someone who isn't at that level, without that money, can't do that. Whereas yeah. you're keeping the stages, you allow, someone's always going to be the best at developing something, but you've allowed it so that your resources are going to be stretched out between two different things. You can focus on making up that gap without fear that they're going to create another gap in another part of the car. Yeah. And I think it's smart. The um, performance of the cars will be pretty similar to this year. Yep. Uh, the top speed is going to be 225, which a lot of yep. people who got their Holden Commodores at home like well I can do 225 yeah even though they've never actually been there because the car would probably wobble like fuck yeah but uh, they did 225 and are very very stable even going over the bumpy ass London track yeah uh, and they're 0 to 100 is 3 seconds which is supercar level performance it's quick yeah um, and the thing is it doesn't look like it on TV no you don't get that feeling but yeah. even in race trim you're yep. still looking phenomenal acceleration yeah and that's yep. in power save mode uh, yeah. with fan boost I imagine it'll be even smaller yeah, yeah. But uh, you're also going to have things like the energy recovery systems, um, traction batteries, uh, rechargeable energy storage. Which, all that sort of which they've got to look at developing that if they're going to be able to make it through a whole race with one car. Like I think there are ways where... Obviously, you can develop batteries, but there are ways where you can look at um, harnessing energy. Yeah, the energy recovery thing they're going to be looking at, uh, making it into something that can handle the full race. Yeah, uh, rather yeah. than switch over cars because that is a major drawback to be honest it is funny uh, when you see it you see the drivers sort of get out and some dude's straddling the nose of the car and yeah. trying to get it in there but um, yeah they really have been aiming at trying to get through a full race without switching cars and they said they want to get there within five years I think they were hoping to be able to do that complete a, a race with one car well ideally they want 2017 but uh, they want to start making uh, inroads towards it for next year yeah, so they'll they'll be opening up on the powertrain a bit. Um, the e-motor, um, inverter, gearbox, cooling system. They're going to be able to play with that a little bit. Um, yeah. From what I understand, the gear ratios are still going to be fixed, yeah. but they can play with how the gears are engaged. It's probably play with housing for packaging and stuff like that as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, and also because you don't need rev matching yeah. uh, so easily. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's going to be much easier to have very very quick issues yeah and I think these are ways that you can sort of improve efficiency and the uh, longevity of your battery life without um, playing with the batteries like, especially with cooling like anything electronic you're going to lose power to heat yes. so if you can keep them cool and uh, the way you know you can figure that out uh, you're going to find advantages there so I think I think it's smart and they're, they're not going to be that high expensive um, solutions no there'll be solutions that also have returns yeah, so yeah. if you're managing you're managing to nut out uh, a more effective electronic electrical motor yeah there's so many applications of that from washing machines all yeah. the way up to bloody turbo charging power yeah. boats or and something and shit if you know. can figure out how to cool it I'll chuck it in my PC yeah fucking thing always overheats yeah and then you've got uh, you know inverted gearbox electronic electrical gearboxes have been around for quite a while but yeah uh, you're going to be able to get quicker and quicker, especially as yeah. the uh, electronic electrical cars become more and more popular. Yeah, yep. and obviously, you know, cooling is cooling. That's yeah. always necessary. But uh, the thing they're not spending money on being aero. You know, how often do you care about the aero on a road car? Never. Yeah, you, you like if it looks good. <laughs> well, actually, most time you're like, look at that fucking dickhead spoiler. The thing is, he fucking drift king, is he? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you want it to look good. Yeah, I spend but a lot of time on spring bar. I've never heard anyone say. Oh, how much downforce does that uh, yeah. rear wing provide? Yeah. You, you never see that on the spec sheets. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> unless time, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. The only, the only time you do is when you find someone who actually knows what they're talking about. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, mate, fucking pointless, everything you put in that car. 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, that big rear wing. Do that come in a CAMS license? <laughs> yeah. What's a CAMS license? <laughs> yeah, never mind. Oh, yeah. We're good. Um, <laughs> Do you know what a license is? <laughs> but yeah, the, um, the first round for next year is going to be in Beijing again. Yep. Which is, uh, you know, really interesting. The uh, world champion is going to be starting in his technically his home race, I guess, or his team's yeah. home race. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine that'll be a big celebration. Yeah, I think he's already won the fan boost. <laughs> I think he's locked in already. <laughs> they've they've programmed the zombies already. Yeah. Um, which is going to be fantastic. And we're seeing uh, a few more groups come in as well. Yeah. So Renault Sport Technologies are getting a full constructor. We've talked about that. Um, we're also going to see a couple of other people come in. Um, they haven't finalized yet. But there's a lot of interest, which is fantastic. Yeah. Another thing I think is going to be exciting is the amount of driver interest. The people looking to get into this this league. When you see sort of, especially a successful for final round and very exciting racing. Mm. And it's got people like us talking about it. So it's definitely something there. And I think that excitement has to spread to the driver as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just going to be ridiculously good. Because the Formula One's always been a bit of a revolving door if you're not a world champion. Yeah, um, if you don't have cash. Or you don't have cash. Yeah. Uh, but if you're uh, sponsoring a driver yeah. and they say, oh, I can get an F1 if you sponsor me with $20 million. Yeah. Or I can get to FE if you sponsor me with $200,000. Yeah. And you're like, well, there's not 10 times the exposure. <laughs> it's like, here's five years sponsorship, champ. Yeah. Good luck to you. And if you're a driver, which would you prefer? One year in Formula One and hope yeah. you improve yourself or five years in Formula E and have that sort of um, guarantee, that sort of ability yeah. to prove yourself every period of time I mean it, it depends on individuals yeah. um, some are going to say no no I'm all about F1 I want one year in F1 and yeah, give my chance I can I'll, make it I'll smash it and I'll get a, a contract and they, have, they have to have that confidence as a driver yeah but there's plenty of drivers who've had ability that weren't able to do show that in a shit yeah. car yeah exactly exactly but like, like I, it's a tough call obviously not a racist so I don't know but there's merit in being in Formula E where it is now and People could look back at you who like to do this like Fungio and people like that in the Formula One. You know, back in the day, they're the ones that did it right. And, you know, if I could pick an era to race, Formula E would have been back in 2015. Well, at the moment, a lot of the drivers are Formula One car stops or Formula One never made it. Yeah. Or, yeah. For, or a few Indy cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also runs. But if you're looking Justin at recruiting. Justin Wilson had a race, didn't he? Hmm? Justin Wilson had a race, didn't yes. he? Yeah. But if you're looking at recruiting a driver, uh, at the moment, you're pretty much going to GP2. Uh, yeah, Renault three point five. Yeah, the thing is, you're not recruiting the best people out of GP two either. <laughs> it's, no. it's the, the ones that aren't quite as good that they seem to be getting through. But um, if you can then say, "Well, spend a season in Formula E," and we'll talk later. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, well, because especially if you look at how Ferrari have put their reserve drivers out in other teams, and you saw Red Bull put Ricardo into the Marussia for a season just to get some mm. exposure we would be surprised with the same thing but with Formula E if you mean you've got a partnership there which Renault does you could stick some of your mm. Red Bull Junior drivers through the Formula E instead of putting them in GP2 well, well let's say for argument's sake that uh, Renault do buy Toro Rosso yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you've got all these people um, yeah. you can either let them go to another company yeah. or you can say would well, you guys want to go and uh, run a team in Formula, One, uh, Formula E well the thing with McLaren providing these powertrains I'm, not, I'm surprised that Magnussen didn't get to race in Formula E because you, you've got Van Dorn racing GP2 and killing it and Magnussen did the same when he was there he missed out on his seat in McLaren this year with the promise of something happening which I don't think they're going to fulfill and Ron Dennis has a bit of a habit of that but yeah. I thought Formula E stick him in there see how he goes give him his chance because he's got the talent he just hasn't given, been given the chance with a car you know, in a sort of uh, stock spec racing series, see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I was wrong before. They've actually decided on who's going to be racing next year. Um, a lot of the names are coming back. You've got Abd, Andretti, Mahindra, uh, Nextev, uh, Venturi, and Virgin. But you've also got Renault Sport coming in, uh, yeah. Motomatica. And there's a few more guys who are still finalizing their thing. They, they reckon they'll have 10 teams, that which would be fantastic. Worries, yeah. um, it, it's going to be beautiful to watch. Yep. And not just teams wanting to get involved, uh, cities. Yeah. 180 cities have 180 apparently cities. applied. Fucking hell. Now, Formula One must just be thinking, fuck me, are they all in the Middle East? Yeah, we're going to have Formula Eagle Kenya. <laughs> Gateway <laughs> to the outback. Apparently there's two in Australia. Uh, Adelaide's confirmed they're asking for it, which, yep. honestly, I, I do hope they get it. Yeah, see, I'd like to see Formula One go back to Adelaide and then put Formula E around Melbourne. I'd like to see it go around the Yarra, around Crown. I reckon you can put it down... Um, City Road, uh, Whiteman Street, Kingsway, around imagine, that little pack. Because you've going... you got Kingsway Tunnel. You can mm. go through there, then come back out past um, Queen's Parade along there, and then around the casino area where you've got Whiteman Street and City Road, then up on the Kingsway again. Back well, imagine going right through the casino on the Kingsway. Yeah, that's what it is, that tunnel that goes yeah. through the middle of the casino. And as they go through, they've got the fireballs coming out of yeah. the uh, South Yarra. That'd be That'd brilliant. And the thing is, from the... James... James Packer, make it yeah, happen. Yeah, forget about Mariah. But the thing is, you've got three Crown, crown um, uh, hotels in the middle of that track. Imagine the view from those hotels. Like, they'd be fucking sensational. You could watch the whole circuit yeah. from the, up in there. It'd crown, be a million dollar view. So I'm thinking, what we're going to do weekend. is, when we're now race organisers. We're going to go to Crown, we're going to hit them up for some cash and say, look, we're getting Formula E to Melbourne. We're going to have it around your complex. You're going to have the best seats for this race in all your three hotels. You're going to make a fucking killing out of it. In fairness, there's been less qualified people attempt to do that exact thing. Yes, yes. Well, one's running crown now, so there you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I do like the idea of Adelaide getting it, just because I think it's a fantastic track. I love the track. I think it's great. I think it's um, better than our park track. Unfortunately, it's cost me a couple of speeding fines driving along. Um, Money well spent. There. If you can make a pass around roundabout on the Wakefield and... If you can make it without dying, yeah, the Britannia roundabout, you're, you're doing well. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic track, and... Yeah. The parklands are fucking beautiful there. Well, also, uh, the Clipsal 500 gets a brilliant following every year, yep. uh, the V8 supercar race. Yep. And it's a full race weekend. You've got utes, you've got everything. Oh, it's great. I remember working at the Clipsal 500 in the 500 tent. It was funny because we were doing the um, the waiter, waiting and uh, waiting tables and shit, and women waiting waiting there. They've got um, a fashion parade for the women's event on Thursdays. It's kind of like Oaks Day for the World Cup. And um, they're giving out the tasks, what everyone's got to do. And like, um, Brenton, okay, yeah. You just sit at the front and just um, fold the menus over. And it's like, 500 menus you've got to fold. Like, sweet, pull up a seat, start folding. Just to like, do that, all the chicks start, all the models start doing a, a practice for their fashion parade. So I'm like, <laughs> fucking sweet. I'm getting paid like 30 bucks now to watch these chicks come up and down. I'm the only person in the audience that's in there watching them. So you were the old perv. Well, I had five people trying to give me a hand after that. So <laughs> fuck off. I've got five of these to fold. It's going to take me all day. I'm going to take every minute of it. So yeah, fond memories of Adelaide. But uh, imagine, because V8 supercars have struggled a little bit with uh, Ford and Holden all bouncing out. Yeah. Um, Holden bouncing out uh, year after next and Ford's yep. done now. They're only The only Ford representation will be from uh, Mustang, I believe, that the Ford dealers yeah, have gotten together. that's fucking awesome. Uh, I think it's brilliant. That's great. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous cars. Yeah. And just the fact that the dealers got together going, all right, well, fuck it. I still love racing. You love racing. Yeah. Let's do it, boys. It makes sense. We can fuck the, forget, forget the CEO guys. We're here to race, and that's what our main priority is going to be. Mm. And, of course, they're going to get as much exposure as possible. Yeah. But I, I think with uh, a slight decline in that, including Formula E into that weekend somehow, like yeah. even if it's just yep. um, on the Saturday and then you only have 
one V8 supercar race yeah. on Sunday. Like, have it as an alternating doublehead. The Saturday is the Formula E, Sunday is the V8 supercars, vice yeah. versa. doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, you need to give each one their own day because you don't really want to try yeah. and take away from one or the other. Exactly, yeah. And I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah, so do I. I. I'd fly to Adelaide for that and, you know, there's not a lot of things I'd fly back to Adelaide yeah. for. And, I mean, it's going to be two series that are not fighting for survival, but it's definitely on the table that, uh, you know, it's just not struggling, but not secure. So it might be a little vested interest that they both survive and they're not competing series, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Formula E can straddle that line because um, Formula 1 generally attracts the uh, discerning fan. Um, a lot of wankers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Fiat Supercars attracts the more... Uh, Rocky champion fan. Yeah, a lot of drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> but Formula E can sit in between the two because it, it's quite youth-oriented. They're, they're t- sort of a, uh, attracting the Dungeons & Dragons fans, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> and I'm on that side, so... But they're out in force. Uh, That's me. And, and even better, they've got high-paying jobs, generally. Yes, exactly right. They're going to be running this world pretty soon, so get on board. Yeah. Um, they've also touted Singapore as an option. And There's I'd, a certainty. Oh, look, as a night race... It's brilliant. As an economic center for everything around Southeast Asia, yeah. it's perfect. And you just see them coming out of underneath that hotel. Yeah. Um, you know, if they, hell, run those uh, soft blue lights that are on the yeah, BMW car on every car, it would look brilliant. Yep. Shit, let them have Tron cycles. Yeah, Tron lights. <laughs> Give <laughs> them flame on the back. Fuck it. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> but um, look. Oh, that'd be cool if you could attach it to those big vertical beam lights. Oh. Shoot in the sky. I have one shoot off Bat the bottom with your, with your number on it. So if you're standing on top of the hotel, you better see who's where. It'll be like the um, Formula the One race app, yeah. app where it says who's where on the track with a number. You better see it going around. Like, oh, yeah, there's old mate Bird flying around there. Yeah. The only problem is they might only get three laps out of the cars with all the power. Yeah, interesting, but uh, um, someone will sort that out. That's fine. Either get, that or there'll be some drones that are spying. They're getting very nervous. Get Williams on it. They'll sort that shit out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, with, um, with all these teams, all these drivers, all these uh, developers cities, race promoters wanting to get involved. Future is so damn bright for Formula E. Yeah, and I mean, uh, lots of people in F1 slam Richard Branson for his comment, but I think he's spot on the money. Well, his comment was, uh, FE will be bigger than Formula 1 yeah. by 2020. And the thing is, it'll be because it's Formula 1's fault. They're fucking themselves over. Well, Bernie's fucking them over and CBC are fucking them over. We'll, Formula 1's numbers are decreasing. Their audience yeah. is getting smaller. And they're not doing the right thing about it. Yeah, part of it is that they've gone to uh, televise only live Sky. on Sky, yeah. on pay-per-view. Um, which is always going to decrease. Yeah. But you get paid now. Yeah. Uh, rather than later and difficult uh, trying to attract advertisers yeah. and whatnot. But uh, Formula E have gone the opposite route. They've gone fans first. They do their own yeah. uh, broadcasting. They do their own streaming. Yeah. Um, they even include previous races. And if you put stuff up on YouTube, instead of getting a letter saying, Bernie's going to sue the pants off you, yeah. Um, followed by him actually suing the pants off you, Formula E have kind of joined in they've kind of got on board they've allowed fans to make their own highlight tapes to yeah. get a, you know maybe that'll change once they uh, want to protect well, their once, once, once a venture capitalist finds his money's made in it and comes out and just fucking rapes it maybe so but um, for the moment they're doing everything right in their fan interaction yep um, well maybe except for the, the fan, fan boost, boost yeah but fuck that off th- there's something there there's yeah. something to be said for getting the fans involved in helping their driver yeah um I don't know how they can do it better, but maybe there's uh, something to be gained by uh, putting some people on that. Yep, I agree. But uh, look, if you're involved in Formula E now, you're just going to think, how good am I? I've, yep. I've, I've picked the right horse. Yep, exactly right. Uh, it's only early days, 
but I can honestly see Formula E being a major force in about yeah. five to ten years. Well, because there's no doubt the electric car is going to be a thing of the future, and so it just stands to reason we're going to have an electronic racing series. And so if it's not Formula E, it's going to be another one. Well, and Tesla also has come out and said they're going to have free recharging stations for their cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're going in Chadston. Hmm? I think they're going out in front of Chadston. Yeah, and like there. it just makes so much sense. Like, yeah. yeah, the cars are a bit more expensive at the yeah. moment, but it's still an emerging technology. Once yeah. that cost comes down, yeah. you've got two cars, form the same sort of thing. Um, you choose between the petrol car, which yeah. you can refill in a moment, so it's great for driving, you know, two-day drives, Yeah. or electric cars, which, yeah, they're always going to take longer to charge up. Yeah, exactly. But they might have a 500-kilometer range, so unless you're driving 500 k's in a day, you're fine. Yeah. And these days, how many people are actually doing the long road trips? Like, not no so one. many. Yeah. Truckies. Yeah. Usually high on meth, so. But, um, well, yeah, that's what they get charged they're up. They're not worried about how much petrol they're using. They're <laughs> just, just getting that quick. Just how many dead hookers they got in the back. Yeah. But um, like, I do think, especially for city use, you're going to see a lot more electric, electrical cars. Yeah. And I I think that can be brilliant because electric cars don't have to be boring. Well, the best thing is, is that like the London E-Pre showed, is that you can drive in bike lanes. So, I mean, forget <laughs> the roads. If you've ever tried driving through Melbourne, they've got rid of half the roads and stuck bike lanes in there. So, happy for everyone. Well, the image of electric cars for so long has been like the smart car. Yeah. And that is fucking shit. Yeah. Um, it's horrible. It's ugly. It's boring. It's like... Volkswagen got butt-fucked by Optimus Prime. Yeah. Um, it's not nice. Shut out a little shiny turd. Yeah. But then you see, like, the Tesla Roadster. Yeah. And that is a beautiful-looking car. Yeah, it looks excellent. Um, looks Mercedes excellent. have got a nice one as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, they do about five laps before it needs to recharge again. Mm. But um, there are so many emerging electrical cars that are going to be just beautiful to drive. Yeah. And it's going to be a result of Formula E um, driving that technology as exactly well. Exactly so. Formula E is going to be the sexy part of that. Yeah. Um it's going to revolutionise the way we buy cars. Because even now, you can buy hybrids, um, which is fine. But uh, hybrid, to me, is always going to be that compromise between uh, economy and range. Um, If you don't need the range, you'll go electrical every time, uh, probably in about five to ten years. But Formula E is going to... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba lead that they're going to create the want yeah and as long as there's recovery of electricity as long as there's a desire for an electrical car there's going to be companies to make them and as that desire gets met more companies can jump on board Um, I know I test drove a a Mitsubishi Outlander Fev P-H-E-V it was terrible it was shocking with a good name like that I just can't see how yeah um, named after a fucking Russian hat the worst combination of electrical and petrol powered but You have to start somewhere. Um, I, say, I think the person who designed it was petrol-powered. Yeah. Sniffing the shit. Maybe. But um, that's where the future's going to be. And Formula yeah. E is going to set that frame up. They're going to be able to uh, define what is a performance yeah. uh, electrical car, which, you know, with the McLaren P1 being a hybrid and all that, we're not far away from seeing a full supercar in full electrical uh, power. And it'll be fast. It'll be efficient. And it's going to be beautiful. And it'll make a home. Hmm. 
And so, look, that, that's where I'm seeing the future going. And yep, I agree. Honestly, Formula E has just proven to be relevant as a race series, relevant as a spectacle, yeah. as an investment, as a potential for interacting with fans, as a marketing tool, yep. as so many things that you really can't help but just think, oh, we're only 40 days away from testing. Exactly. I can't wait. I really cannot wait. Yep. And so, so yeah, that's been our podcast. We hope you yeah, watched the race and enjoyed it. Um, get excited for next season and let us know about it. Let us know what you think, what yeah, your thoughts on it are. Let us know your favorite driver is. Yeah. And, if you uh, think it's fucking shit and you hate it, you hope it disappears. <laughs> let us know why. Yeah, if anyone needs a Formula E driver, I'm available. Yep, me too. I'm not able, but I'm available. <laughs> we'll see you then. All right, bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.